Welcome to this week's episode of The Versatile Writer with me, Sarah Bannum. This week I'm sharing my experiences of writing residences and becoming a writer in residence. This happened to me a few years ago at my local library within Essex, UK. I gave a talk at the start of 2021 to the University of Suffolk, so I thought I'd share an abridged version of that talk here. If becoming a writer in residence interests you, some of the ways I went about it might be right up your street. If not, of course, and you've got other ways to go about it, why not post those ideas in the Versatile Writer podcast group on Facebook? How I did this, what my motives were for doing it, and my intentions while doing it are all things I'll look at as we go through the podcast. I'll also add the pros and cons of my experiences during the preparations of the residence and the residency itself. First of all though, to put things into context and to highlight my motives, let's delve a little deeper into this experience. Many listeners will already know, but I live in North Essex in a place called Point Clear, which is close to St Osif. St Osif is famed for being mentioned in the witch trials back in the 1500s. It's a village that infamous and self-appointed witchfinder General Matthew Hopkins visited on his quest to rid the land of witches and witchcraft. <laughs> Such a lovely gentleman he was. It's a sleepy little village that boasts an 11th century priory. St Osif is a few miles away from Jaywick, the town that the media love to focus on when reporting on benefit scroungers, the unemployed and drug use. You may also know that in the 1980s, I think it might have been, Chris Tarrant branded the men and women of the county as Essex girls and boys in a very derogatory way and while I personally hate this blanket attitude, it has stuck. A few years ago, I heard several negative news stories on the radio relating to Jaywick. I saw a few more negative news stories on the TV too. Knowing that the whole nation can hear both the TV and radio news stories, it bothered me that the rest of the country would tar all of Essex with the same brush yet again. Now, I wasn't denying these negative things happen. I was just angry to think that's all people think Essex residents are capable of. And this sweeping generalisation is far from the truth. My wish is for the media to focus on the positive things Essex brings to the world, like its scenery, both farmland and coastal, its history. Many villages are mentioned in the Doomsday Book, and Colchester, a half an hour from where I live, is the oldest recorded town. So because the area was getting yet another poor review, anything I could do to make people in and out of Essex think highly of the county, I will. Around the same time as these news reports, as a small business or even micro business, I needed to ensure that local people knew about my services. It was okay promoting myself on social media and via networking events and groups. But if people didn't know about my business, how could they hire me? I needed to think of a way that would connect both these issues. That way I had to include raising my business profile and helping those who wanted to be helped. I gave it some thought and came up with a potential solution. There are three libraries in my local area, Clacton Library, West Clacton Library and Jaywig Library. I played with the idea of bringing my message to the people of the town in the form of a writer-in-residence. I had to ensure whichever one I approached needed to have a good footfall and regular visitors. Clacton Library is a little hard to get to unless you're on foot, but it's not close enough for me to walk to. It does have a car park, but it's not an easy one to use. It's also situated close to bus stops and the train station and shops, so it has some footfall. 
West Clacton Library at the time was still quite new. It has a seemingly endless car park and it's attached to a school and a play school, but not that near a bus stop. There are no train stations near it either. The third one was Jaywick Library. It was, at the time, volunteer-run and used for mostly community outreach, but it wasn't open often. Of these three libraries, I visited West Clacton Library with the intention of holding the residency there should all go to plan with the initial meeting. I chose this one because of how new it was. It was only about five or six years old. The building was still fresh and it was huge inside with a window ceiling that allowed natural light to flood through to the centre of the library space. I also chose it for its ample park in a pleasant surroundings. When I got there, I decided to go in for a mooch first. Then, once I'd got my bearings, I wanted to discuss if becoming a writer in residence would be something that could garner interest. They were interested and I was given the name of one of their managers to email. So off I trotted home to do exactly that. I explained who I was and what my intentions were. I didn't hold back. I told them I was looking for clients and knowing how Jaywick and the surrounding areas were being poorly represented on the news and how it bothered me and suggested that if it bothered me, it was likely it bothered other residents too. I said that while creative writing isn't for everyone, really, surely that's wrong, that even just forming a positive relationship with words can help shape futures. I focused on things like CV writing, interview language skills and book reading to name a few. I was thinking about anything that held people's interests longer than just a few minutes, igniting that spark within their imagination long enough to want more from something. I maintained that if people were shown how exciting and versatile words can be, then surely they'd have a much better chance of improving their vocabulary and perhaps get a better job or indeed a job at all. For what it's worth, I did realise that a small business person like me wouldn't be able to take on the world's woes and fix them. But I could at least show winning and put ideas into people's heads. Sowing these kinds of seeds is often much more useful than trying to do it all yourself. As you might imagine, there were several emails going back and forth between me and the Essex County Council. But after a couple of weeks of emails, we had finally settled on what they expected of me and what I expected of them. Their expectations were that I needed public liability insurance. It was very specific and needed to be up to £5 million. Anything less and the library would pull out. Anything more and I couldn't afford it. Thankfully, I already had PLI up to £5 million, so I was fine. I'd had this for other talks I'd given at the Essex Book Festival and other book festivals and fairs, book signings and author talks. Another one was that I had to agree to clear up after me and deal with the usual housekeeping things you ought to do anyway, so that wasn't a biggie. They also wanted me to write a blog at the end of each month and wanted a report at the end of the whole time to explain if and how the initiative had been useful. They also asked me not to badger people, which is fair enough, and I had to sign some paperwork to agreeing to everything they'd talked about. My expectations were that if it all went well and the library decided to do it again at other libraries in Essex, my name would be attached to the initiative. I initially asked for them to have my business name as well, but they declined on that, but having my name there was fine with me. I also wanted to display a banner near the table I'd be using and have it facing out to the entrance for maximum visibility. I wanted my business cards to be on the counter when people took books out of the library, so it was one of the first things they saw. And I also wanted Essex Libraries to post on social media 
when I'd be resident and to repeat it each week for the duration of three months. They'd all agree to that. The weeks leading up to the residency were filled with anxiety and excitement. I hoped I would reach people who would not normally visit the library but come along anyway. I wanted so much for my residency to make a mark in the library and in the local community. I hoped I'd be able to engage with those who frequented as part of their week and I wanted it to happen because so often you hear all the bad stories but rarely about the local people trying their hardest to make a difference. And that was a lot of hopes and wants. When I actually began I was really nervous. I'd bigged it up by way of PR and advertising through my website, my blog, my social media and at the time I was still presenting radio so I'd mentioned it on my show many times too. I talked about it on local and regional radio as well and I'd also written about the residency in local magazines. I displayed posters on community boards at the studio, in cafes, bookshops and libraries all in the tendering area. All in all, everyone who knew me probably knew about it so it was all down to me to make it work. But it was also all down to me if nothing good came of it either. That side of PR can be paralysing sometimes, but knowing I'd tried really hard with the PR and marketing meant that I'd done all I could to make it work. The rest was outside of my control. The library did their bit too by having posters on their walls and near the checkout. And they shared my posts on Facebook and retweeted my Twitter posts as well. During my first day there, I tried to be as smiley, friendly and welcoming as possible to absolutely everybody I saw inside that building. I can be a really sociable person sometimes, but then I can also be very introverted. Typically, the days I was expected to be at the residency were the days my brain decided I was going to be introverted and anxious, so it was always a big effort to ensure I left the house and got to the library in one piece. Due to anxiety, I generally ensure everything is utterly prepared in advance, usually days beforehand. On the first day, I intended to talk to the community about their reading habits, if they had considered writing as a hobby or more, and if so, what kind of writing they engaged in. But that was only if I managed to engage eye contact with those passing my table. I didn't want to be too bold, nor did I want to be invisible. Being bold often scares people away, or worse yet, attracting people who you'd rather didn't approach you. And being invisible makes you question why you were there at all in the first place. The whole purpose of me being there was to promote writing, and even more than that, to promote my business, showing potential clients how I could make their lives even better, with the knowledge that creative writing was the thing currently lacking in it. I wanted to show them the buzz they could get from crafting a really beautiful story, I wanted to show them how they could use their imagination for fun or for others for business. I also wanted to answer some of their questions about maybe why their favourite author had chosen this name for a character or decided on a genre. Interestingly, those two questions did come up during my residency. After I spoke with the person, I'd asked them to complete a feedback form so I could gauge what they'd got out of the library's writer-in-residence experience and if it had been valuable useful or needed. The information I gathered was interesting as it showed that while most of the engagements were useful and valuable, some people came to the library purely to look at the books and not to engage with other people at all. I wrote a blog at the end of each month, as the library had requested, along with information gleaned from the feedback forms. At the end of the residency, 
I wrote a final blog to them with my own feedback form that they'd given me. Interestingly, one of the questions they'd asked was, if I repeated the experience, would I pay for the space? I said I wouldn't, explaining that while I was there to promote my business, I'd actually got no sales from the experience at all, so it wouldn't have been financially viable. I also felt the library was getting a good deal having a local author come along for free and giving out free advice. So let's look at the positives and negatives. I think the best possible positive was the library agreeing to partner with my business for that time. Another one was the relationship we've got now. Another one is the confidence to run community groups. One of the groups I run is supported by both Essex Libraries and Society of Authors. The negatives were being asked to pay for the residency, not having any sales from the experience, although more people discovered my business, so that is a partial positive. And lastly, not having many people approach the table as I'd hoped. A couple of people told me they hadn't known about the residency ahead of time because they'd not seen anything promoting it despite all the advertising. The things that generally get my own attention when I'm out and about are brightly coloured posters, the words writing, books, publishing and creative, and overhearing conversations about writing or literature. I suspect some people don't have the same radar as me, and sometimes you just have to accept that. Personally, I'm not turned on by politics, so if someone's talking about that, I switch off. I suspect it's the same with, with some other people in writing. Finally, I thought I would end with highlighting some tips that might be useful for others thinking about a writing residency. Number one, knowing your reasons. If you know your reason for doing it in the first place, that's got to be helpful. It doesn't matter if it's going to get some book sales or to help other people, just to know why you want to do it because this is the motivation you'll need for the whole time you're there. Number two, understand how the venue works. If you choose a cafe, a bookshop, a library, a pub, whatever, know how they work during the time you'll be there. This can help you prepare yourself. That's if you're intending to use a physical location. Online platforms have a different way of working, so take some time to look into them and research them. Number three, preparation. Preparation is vital to come across as professional. If you're not prepared for almost any eventuality and you appear flustered or unsure, it may come across as unprofessional and not confident in your area of expertise. Number four, know your stuff. It's like holding a surgery, you never know what questions are going to come up, so thinking on your feet is helpful. Number five, be able to switch on your people-person radar. My people-person radar can be switched on and off as I feel. If you come off as friendly and personable, maybe vibrant and smiley, people are more likely to engage with you. If you aren't open and not welcoming, people will stay away. This might be useful when you're actually writing, if you want people to approach you, be open. The next one, sell yourself. Ensure you're only selling yourself, not your goods at this point. It can be a real turn off to know someone's only talking to you because they want your money. If you're selling them yourself as a person, as a human, it can help you connect with them. Utilise your superhero powers and skills. Presenting radio helped me learn how to ask questions and put people at ease. Ghostwriting utilises similar skills. Your superhero powers may be quite different to mine, but once you know what they are, you can exploit them. Even just finding a connection between you and them by way of a hobby or an experience you had years ago 
might be enough of small talk to get them listening. Keep positive and professional, but don't be afraid to show your human side when it's needed. One elderly lady had a hard time hearing me. Libraries are traditionally quiet places and me speaking softly was absolutely useless to her. I raised my voice, spoke slowly and with clarity. Showing this kind of a human side meant she had a smile on her face when she left. And lastly, dress the part. Ensure whatever you choose to wear is something that would represent your writing status, your residency status and possibly your business status. Creative people are well known for wearing slightly wacky clothing or presenting themselves in an unusual, unique way. Colours are often a big must and they can also attract the eye. But keep in mind that while you're trying to use yourself as a signpost, you also want people to view you as a serious person who is an expert in their field. So have lots of personality come through and instil confidence at the same time. Finally, would I do it again? Yes, I definitely would, but I'd probably try a different venue next time. I hope this week's podcast has given you some hints and tips if a writing residency is something you've been thinking about. I'll post the show notes on the podcast and the show's Facebook group page, the Versatile Writer Podcast Group, so you can look into the places I've mentioned. Until next time, thanks for listening to The Versatile Writer with me, Sarah Bannum on the topic of writing residences.